Welcome to day 327 of Shaped by the Word. We come into one of the most beautiful sections of uh, John's Gospel. Uh, many scholars set this aside and call this the upper room discourse as the mm-hmm. disciples gather for you know their, their, their final Passover celebration you know with Jesus. Uh, he teaches them and he teaches them uh, you know not only in the words that he does but in the way that he responds to them and the way that he loves them and, and the things that he does. But here in the Gospel of John we get this rich discourse on the Holy Spirit and what it means to abide in Christ and what it means to be unified in Christ. And so chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 are uh, I guess if you could you know, just have one section of scripture and be on the desert island, this would be one to consider so deeply rich. The gospel, uh, you know, Mark would be good. The gospel of Matthew, Isaiah would be good. The Psalms would be good. But this is, this is, deeply, this is deeply rich. And you get it from the opening phrase, how deeply Jesus loves his disciples and the provision that he has made for them as he goes to the cross and, and well beyond it. Uh, as well. So before we uh, read uh, John chapter 13, the first part of first installment in the Upper Room Discourse, let's offer ourselves in this moment uh, to the Lord. Cindy, you mind lifting us up? Father, thank you for um, this time in your word. We thank you, Father, for all that you've given us through your word. Um, we just ask that as we um, read Father, that your spirit would teach us. It would give us the things that we need, Father. Um, thank you for what we're about to read, this, uh, the ultimate acts of, of great love that Jesus has for his disciples, Lord. And I just ask that you would um, have this resonate in our hearts, Lord, that you help us um, in the conviction of sin, but also in encouragement, Lord, to love you in a, in a deeper way and uh, for our faith to grow and be strengthened. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, "'Lord, are you going to wash my feet?' Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that is why he said, Not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? Asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've said an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. I'm not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen, 
but this is to fulfill this passage of Scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. I'm telling you now before it happens that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. Very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I sent accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts someone who sent me. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which one of them he met. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and asked him, Ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, What you are about to do, do quickly. But no one at the mill understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Simon had charged the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Jesus had taken the bread, he went out, and it was night. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I'll be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, Will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. So deeply moved um, by the phrase, having loved his own who were in the world, he he loved them to the very end. And uh, it's not really just a reference to time, it's a reference to completeness. He, He loved them completely. And there's no great a way to demonstrate you know, just the breadth of Jesus' love than his willingness uh, to take the lowest position of a servant and wash their feet on the one hand and go to the cross and die in their place uh, on the other hand. So his love is a, a complete love and a very powerful love. And, and of course he has shown us his love in this world and, and has loved us to the very end or to the very completion. I was going to say, I was intrigued by verse 3, where it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And then that word, so he got up from the mill. And, um, you know, I just, there was such a confidence in, in the Father, knowing, you know, what he'd been given, what his task was, and where he was going once he completed it, um, that had to to bring such... Um, power to these events of suffering and submission and well his identity you know his identity was tied up in who the father was exactly and uh and and this is really you know that that so is so you know that so is so important yeah so really is important because it's a bridge knowing who god was and knowing what his purpose in the world was he had the confidence to be what none of the other disciples had the confidence to be because they're arguing about greatness in the kingdom Mm mm-hmm uh, you know, as they prepare for this meal, and Jesus is showing them true greatness in the kingdom. Yeah. And of course, none of them could humble themselves if they're vying for the greatest place in the kingdom of heaven. 
Uh, but Jesus, knowing who God is, having his identity in God, was was free to serve without any mm-hmm. uh, out any worry of misperception of how he might be perceived. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no holding on to power. So it is a beautiful move. Yeah. I love that. And, and not even just the letting go of power, but actually exercising of power mm-hmm. you know, through service. And, and, and just culturally speaking, I mean, we have such an aversion to power right now or you know, maybe even you could say like a disdain culturally where we look at if people have power, we think they're just going to abuse it. You know, that's power corrupts. And, yeah. and, and yet we look at Jesus knowing that his hour had come. He's the one who had put, you know, God had put all things under his power. Mm-hmm. And then the very demonstration or exercising of that power is through humble service. Mm-hmm. And it's just a reminder mm-hmm. you know, to me of the type of king that Jesus is. Mm-hmm. He's all powerful. And yet, he he wields that power in a way that that serves, mm-hmm. you know, a, a great cost to himself. This isn't just washing feet here, mm-hmm. but it's knowing that his hour had come as well. And it's not saying here that he washed all their feet except Judas. Yeah. And even knowing that Judas was about to betray him. No, that um, yeah, that uh, that must have been a moment. And, of course, the moment we do have described here is this, this moment with Peter. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Peter, no doubt, had been among the rest of the disciples arguing and vying for a prominent place. And he was actually a pretty good prospect for it. Uh, he had been near Jesus in some of the most intimate moments. He had been, you know, one of the earlier disciples, you know, called. He has a place of prominence and leadership, you know, throughout that. And when Jesus finally comes to him, he realizes this is so incongruous. Mm-hmm. I... I should be washing, you're my Lord, I should be washing mm-hmm. your feet. And, and so he refuses it. And of course, Jesus answers in this enigmatic way, unless I wash you, you have no part you know, no part of me. And of course, you have Peter doing what he's doing, swing, swinging <laughs> from one extreme to the other. Okay, wash my head. I, I want you to wash my head. I wash my head. I wash everything. And, yeah. and Jesus says, slow down, slow down. <laughs> Uh, you're clean because of the word, you know, that I've spoken. And, of course, you have this wonderful Jewish sense of of using, you know, the idea of washing in two different ways. Uh, one is, you know, the outward cleansing uh, of washing someone's feet so that they can sit down and enjoy a meal together. But, of course, the other is the deeper cleansing that will come from the cross mm-hmm. uh, in which he, 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 will, he will wash them and they will be clean. And Though the, not every one of you. No. But then that, that, that picture or that call to that kind of service, you know, doesn't stop with the disciples. He's told to, you know, that that's to, to move on or to, to be repeated or to remember that. And yeah. so, you know, kind of, he certainly sets the pattern yeah. of servant, uh, servanthood. Yeah. yeah. I love, too, that it's not just a pattern of an act of service. Once. No. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to be a servant you know, or I should say it's easy to serve once. It's difficult to be a servant, mm-hmm. to take the posture and to have a servant's heart. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what, I mean, you see yeah. Jesus calling us to is, I've said an example that you should do as I have done for you very truly. I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one, you know, who sent him. And he's not calling us to just, hey, go serve once and be done, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and write it off. It's, hey, take the posture. Yeah, this the is the pattern of the kingdom. Yeah. And the pattern of kingdom is, is, is greatness is found in, in loveliness. And, of course, he, he does, you know, define who we are. We are servants and messengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, you know, no servant is greater than his master, or, m- master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sends it. And that is our place, to, 
to serve him. And of course, the way we serve him is uh, by serving others. Mm-hmm. And, and this act was the, the dirtiest, you know, kind of, I forgot this, the, uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to do it, you know, kind of job you could have had. And, and so to serve each other in the lowliest, way, lowliest of ways and also to serve each other, you know, in, in the, the biggest, you know, the biggest of ways. Uh, one of my mentors um, was once asked, you know, how do you know when you have a, a servant's heart? And he said, it all depends on how you respond when people treat you like a servant. And that's a, that is perfect answer really to that. Yeah. You know you have a servant's heart when you don't resent it mm-hmm. uh, when you are treated you know, as, as a servant. And mm-hmm. what a great call yeah. you know, that Jesus, you know, Jesus has, given, has given us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's easy to serve people when I know I get something back from those people that mm-hmm. I serve. Mm-hmm. It's hard to serve those around me when I know that they'll never repay it. Or, or when you can be recognized as a servant yeah. oh Matt is such a great servant or Paul is such a you know great you know great servant and there's pride yeah from recognition you know for having been a servant and yet, so we take kingdom principles and we really in our hands they become you know a while ago you were thinking you know about power and how people become we all become tyrants when we have yeah. power mm-hmm. so when it's better you know to surrender power and let the power reside where it should uh, in the hands of, of the one who has called us, our our teacher and our Lord. And the beauty of what you just said, too, is that he was the ultimate servant and how he served us. We could never repay that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. It, mm-hmm. it, it is. We are serving, you know, we are serving him, mm-hmm. you know, by serving, you know, by serving uh, one another. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have in the heart of that, uh, you know, the, the new command, uh, you know, verse 34, a new command I give you. Mm-hmm. Uh, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you you love you love one another. And, and there's not, uh, in, in some ways, it's not a new command. It was part of the expectation that the people of Israel would love, you know, their, their, their neighbors, you know, as they, as they love themselves. They would care for the poor. They would... You know, care for you know the disenfranchised and the alien, you know that was in their land, and, and so that they would care each other. What is new about it is you love the way that I love. Mm-hmm. It's not you know the kind of love you know the teacher of law had when he said, you know, who is my neighbor, hoping for as narrow a definition of neighbor mm-hmm. you know as he could possibly get. And Jesus gives him the most expansive def- definition of neighbor mm-hmm. as he could possibly get. Which I thought was interesting because Peter responded, "Where are you going? <laughs> are you, <laughs> did that get a little <laughs> too?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, forget about that love stuff. Yeah. Where, where, <laughs> where are you going? <laughs> That's a little too hard. <laughs> uh, oh, Peter. <laughs> well, all the disciples and and you and I, mm-hmm. uh, we would be kidding ourselves if we think we were, were fully comprehending what uh, God has called us to. Exactly. And, and so we probably have said foolish things even in the course of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) that uh, God is deeply amused at you know how little we have truly understood of who he is Mm -hmm. Father we thank you for your word and we thank you for the depth of the riches we find in Christ Jesus and in your word and we thank you for the understanding you've led us into Uh, we know we have so much more to know and so much more to comprehend so Mm -hmm. much more to apprehend and, and to appropriate from whom you are and the riches you have for us to mm-hmm. understand you and your all of your glory yeah. but we thank you that you've met us in, in our simple uh state 
And we thank you that you have given us more than we can ever possibly fathom uh, in your majesty and in your power and in your glory for us to revel in for the rest of eternity. Mm -hmm. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.